Well, as Nicole said, my name is James Albright. I am the life group and missions pastor here at CF. I love this church. I really do. I have been here for about 15 years. Um, in 2001, right after college, I came and, uh, you know, I, I came to this church where I could fit all of my possessions in the back of my Jeep Cherokee. And I was quite proud of that, actually. Now I stand before you as, as a man with a, a wife, three kids, and a mortgage. So I've done a lot of growing up over the last 15 years. And uh, I'm thankful for this church. Uh, God's done a lot in my life, and I know many of the stories here in this room. I'm thankful for Jamie and Kim, the elders. And uh, so I'm pleased to be able to introduce to you guys the new sermon series that we're going to be walking through over the next seven weeks. It's called Experiencing God. So, you know, what I love about this church is that that's what we really want. I love the authenticity and hunger in each and every individual in this auditorium and in this church as a whole that we really, what we want is we want to experience Him. We want to see Him. We want to, we are genuine seekers of God. And I love that about us. And so we're going to be talking about, there's going to be a bunch of different speakers, some from in the church, some from out of the church, some that are on staff, some that are not on staff. But you're going to hear from a lot of different voices about how they have experienced God. It'll be a little bit more testimonial in nature. And uh, I think, you know, I want to encourage you guys to come with a lot of anticipation and expectation that God's going to speak and move. It's always an exciting thing when you hear new voices saying some of the same things. So, um, so that's going to be a great time. So today I'm going to be talking to us about experiencing God in following Jesus. So I was praying and just, you know, asking the Lord, what really, we could have talked about anything this morning, but I was going, Lord, what is it that you've got on your heart? And he just, just kept saying over and over and over. Every time I'd ask him, he just kept saying, follow me, follow me, follow me. And, and I realized he's, what he wants to just re, re, reiterate with us this morning is the simplicity and the beauty of just following Jesus. Just the simple steps of following Jesus. And he highlighted a specific passage that we're going to walk through, but I'm going to tell you a story first. My sophomore year of college, I was uh, attending a school called Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a great school. And uh, uh, as I was there, I, maybe the first four to six weeks, somewhere in there, there was a kind of a retreat. Uh, Baptist Student Union had put on. And, um, and in that retreat, um, I remember the second night, which was kind of the culmination of everything that was going on, you know, this, the big night there, uh, Saturday night. And, and uh, I remember the speaker sharing on something, but quite honestly, I can't remember what it was. And I think that's, let's just say right now and just all agree that what we're wanting is the Holy Spirit to move here. If that works through me, great. If it works in other ways, do that. I have no idea what he was sharing on, but the Holy Spirit was so present in that room like I had never experienced before. And uh, I remember afterwards we were responding to the Lord in worship and everybody was worshiping. I remember people down on their knees, you know, 50 to 100 college students just calling out to God, surrendering their lives to God, down on their knees, raising their hands. I'd never been in an environment like that where it was so 
just his presence was so tangible. And I remember what sounded like a thought, only the thought was talking to me. <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and I knew right away, this is the Lord. I didn't know that he spoke to us, but I, I figured it out real fast. And he said, at that time, I wanted to be a doctor. I'd been studying in that direction. And, and he said to me, you've never asked me if I wanted you to be a doctor. And it just, you know, it's like a two by four. And I stood there. And I was just shocked first that he was talking to me. I didn't know he talked. I didn't know he spoke. And then second, I was shocked that I'd never asked him. I grew up in a great Christian home. I, my parents are awesome. They love Jesus. But I'd never asked him what about my pathway in life. And we went on, and I just, I just surrendered myself to him that night. I just laid it all down. So whatever you've got, that's what I want. What do you want? Anything. And, you know, that, that night... He, yes, he was talking to me about career choices. He was talking to me about a pathway. But what was more important, what he was really talking to me about was my heart. He was asking me, who's going to be Lord of this life? Is it going to be me or is it going to be you, James? Who is going to be in the driver's seat? Is it going to be me or is it going to be you? Who is going to drive this ship called James's life? Who is going to lead this thing? In the end, what he was really asking me was, will you follow me? Just that simple question, are you going to follow me? And I'm thankful there was grace that night to say yes. I said yes to him. I surrendered my life that night and have been walking with him since. And we're going to look at following Jesus all through the text and through the life of Peter and specifically through a story in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So if you guys would, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And we're going to read that together. <clears throat> okay, here we go. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left, uh, had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he, had, he said to Simon, Now go out into the, where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees and before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others who were with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, 
They left everything and followed Jesus. Wow, what a powerful encounter these guys had. So today, we're going to be, my prayer, and I've been praying this all week, is one that we would have a renewed sense of discipleship among us, a renewed sense of following Him. That there'd be a, a fresh passion that would awaken as we interact with Him on a daily basis. So whether this is the first time you have ever heard of Jesus or you've never made that decision to follow Him, or you've been walking with Him for decades, that there would be a freshness and a newness this morning. And then my prayer has been that we would see more of Jesus as we look deeper into His Word today, and that we too, just like Peter, would respond in falling to our knees and worshiping Him. We want to see more of Him. So the main thing today is that Jesus is inviting us to follow Him together by listening to Him, seeing Him, and responding to Him on a daily basis. Jesus is inviting us to follow Him together by listening to Him, seeing Him, and responding to Him on a daily basis. All right, would you guys join with me as we pray and just ask that the Holy Spirit would come and speak to us this morning. Father, we thank You that You're here and that You're active. We worship You, Jesus, right now, and we pray that You would come and have Your way in this room. We just want to say to You again that we want to follow You. And so would You awaken our hearts to be able to hear You, to our eyes to see You, our ears to hear You, and our hearts to receive You now in the name and authority of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, what we're going to do is walk through this text, that Luke 5 text, and we're going to look at what does it mean to follow Jesus, okay? So following Jesus means, number one, if you're an outline person, you got this in your outline, following Jesus means, number one, listening to Jesus, listening to Him. So first we see that following Jesus means to listen to Him. You know, there was a a story uh, that uh, Conan and Lindy Pinkston shared with us one time where uh, in the church plant where they served for many years uh, in Hawaii. And this young man uh, would come to their church and he, um, he was uh, following Jesus, but he, he, wasn't, he wasn't, you know, wasn't making great decisions with his life and things like that. Well, he came to life group one night and, uh, and, sit, and Conan sat down and talked with him. And, he, and the, the man explained, I'm, yeah, I'm planning to buy a jet ski. It's going to be awesome, you know. Well, Conan, knowing, you know, he's a, he's a younger man, he knew his financial situation, knew his job situation, said, you know, man, is that, is that what you need to be doing with your money? You know, is that the best decision? Have you talked to Jesus about this? Well, the man responded by saying, oh yeah, yeah, sure, I talked to the big guy upstairs. He actually said no, but I told him, we're going to go with me on this one, Jesus. That's an option. That's an option. We're going to go with me on this one, Jesus. So that is one option for it. We can choose to follow Jesus or not. We can choose to listen to Him or not. And Peter had a choice in that moment here in Luke 5. So let's read about it. Luke 5, we're going to start at verse 4 just to get some context. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. 
But if you say so, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. You know, his mind told him one thing and Jesus told him something different. You know, I think, I want to be clear, I think that we have minds that God has given us and logic that he has given us. And oftentimes we probably need to follow those minds and logic a little more than we do. I'm not saying that those are always in, you know, versus one another. But in this case, his mind was telling him one thing and Jesus told him something different. And he had a choice in that moment. What am I going to do? And in the end, what we see is that Peter's heart had an ability, a receptivity. He was able to receive this word from Jesus. He was able to hear him. You know, how many of you have children? Raise your hands. All right, so, um, so we are actively teaching our children to learn how to obey quickly, completely, and joyfully. And it is an ongoing process, right? Amen. Thank you. It is an ongoing process. So one of the reasons why we want them to learn to obey quickly is because there's times where I can't explain myself, but I need you to obey now. I need you to do it now. I, don't, I can't explain it. I need you to do it now. So we want them to know how to obey quickly. So we play out in our street often, and uh, we have a great street, peaceful neighborhood, and most everybody drives by at a reasonable 20 miles an hour, and you've got, um, I see you laugh, because I know you know what I'm going. So we've got you know, 20 miles an hour going by, peaceful people. They even slow down when they see the kids, and maybe they go way out of the way. Every once in a while, you get a, you know, Captain me, I'm on planet, I'm on this planet all by myself, dude that's shooting down the road at 40, 45 miles an hour in a residential neighborhood. And so I need the kids, if we're going to have the freedom to be in the street and to play in the street, I need them to be able to obey quickly so that I go, kids, car! And they go, Pfft. they know, they've learned. If I want this freedom to play on the street, then I'm going to obey quickly with no explanation. I suppose I said car, but you know what I'm saying. You know, Peter was learning the same thing. He was learning to listen to Jesus when he had an explanation and when he didn't. When he knew what he was talking about and when he didn't. He was learning something new about Jesus. May our response be just as Peter's was as we listen to his voice. Secondly, Following Jesus means seeing Him. Following Jesus means seeing Him. So we're going to continue reading in Luke 5. Now we're going to look at verses 6-10. through 10. And, this time, at the, and this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave, leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. So they saw Jesus in that moment. They saw him and it caused him to fall to their knees. But there is something different about this encounter that made him to fall to his knees 
that was different than others. You know, it wasn't the first time he had met Jesus. He'd actually met Jesus back in John 1. We, we have an account of when Peter had first met Jesus. And, you know, Jesus prophesied over him and called him Cephas or Peter, the rock. And he was speaking about something that was yet to come. He was talking about his identity that was at a deeper place than Peter had any idea what he was talking about. That was the first encounter. In John chapter 2, it's possible that Peter was there when he turned water into wine. The text just says that Jesus went with some of his disciples to Cana to this wedding celebration. It's possible that Peter was there, and if he wasn't there, he likely heard about it pretty quickly. And in, John, in Luke chapter 4, just before this text that we're reading today, it says that Jesus went over to Peter's house and healed his mother-in-law of a high fever. So he had had other encounters with Jesus. He had seen glimpses of this, this man who was different than anybody he had ever met. He had seen these little glimpses of it, but there was something different about this time around that took him to his knees. And I just want to jump out there and say that I think that it was that Jesus was pursuing Peter in a uniquely designed, personalized way. That what that is what Peter and Andrew and John and James needed to see in order to drop to their knees and go, okay, we 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 are we leave it all. They needed to see that. And he and I, I just want to say he is doing this now. He's doing this right now in this room. Every single one of us, He's pursuing us and continues to pursue us on an ongoing basis in a unique and personalized way. He's doing that in our city. He's doing that with your neighbors. He's doing that in the nations in unique and personal ways. He's so good. He's so good. You know, secondly, in seeing Him, we want to see that seeing Him is made possible by being willing to listen to Him. So just as we talked about in the first point, listening to Him was the first step. But seeing Him is made possible when we listen to Him. So here's the thing. If Peter had not been willing to listen and obey earlier, then he would not have seen what he saw. He would not have seen it. Our willingness to listen and obey Jesus opens up a brand new understanding of who He is. It will open up new revelation to us when we take a step out there. And so the thing is, is that when we... It's good to be back in our comfort zone. We all need to be there sometimes. We all need to sit back and, and enjoy the peace of a comfort zone. But every now and again, Jesus calls us to get out of the boat, to put the nets out when it doesn't make sense, to do something. And you guys all have stories I know you're thinking of that these are times where I felt like God was telling me to do something. And it's in those moments that we have a choice. Are we going to get out on the edge of our faith? Or are we going to stay back here? But I'm telling you guys, this is where we grow. This is where we encounter Jesus. Out here, where we go, okay, what I see is a drop-off right now, but I'm going to go ahead and just do it. If you say so, I'll let down my nets. And he saw something brand new that he had never seen before. So third and finally, following Jesus means responding to him. Following Jesus means responding to him. So Peter's response to Jesus is kind of a unique one. You know, when we just worshiped just a few minutes ago, we were saying, 
You're welcome here. Welcome in this place. We welcome you in this place, right? We were welcoming him. We were saying, come Holy Spirit. We want more of you. More of you, Jesus. What did Peter, what was his expression of worship? Get away from me. I'm a sinner. Get away from me. It's a pretty unique expression. He wasn't singing the most recent Hillsong. He, was, he said, get away from me. And as I was thinking about this, I'm going, what, why did he do this? What was, what was going on? And the thing is, is that our natural paradigm that we begin to think about God in is that we think of two things. I'm ashamed of myself and I'm afraid of him. I'm ashamed of myself and I'm afraid of him. That's the natural reaction when we first begin to encounter God. We can, so Adam and Eve, they, first thing that happened, they realized their sin. And what happens? They hide themselves from one another and they hide themselves from God. They're ashamed and they're afraid. What did Peter say? Get away from me. I'm a sinner. I'm ashamed and I'm afraid. What did the Israelites say in the desert? They said, we don't want to talk to him. He's scary. You talk to him, Moses. Right? Shame says I'm not worthy. I can't have this interaction with you. And fear says I'm afraid of who you are, God. But it's just like Jamie talks about. We paint things on his face through our sin filter. We paint things onto God and say this must be what he's like. But what Jesus came to do is Jesus came to show us what God really is like. Colossians 1, we, He is the visible image of the invisible God. And we start to see what He's really like. So God's response to our sin and to, our, and to, our, and to us is so different than what we think and it was blowing Peter's mind. So Jesus responded to Peter with two powerful statements. He said in, in Luke 5, verse 10, do not be afraid. So he spoke directly to that fear thing that's going on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You have nothing to fear, Peter. I know that you think you're not worthy of my love, but you are. I know that you think that I don't want to be around you because you're such a mess, but I do. I, as long as you have ears to hear me, and eyes to see me, and a heart to receive me, then this is going to work out fantastic. This is material that I can work with. Don't be afraid of me. And secondly, he says, from now on you'll be fishing for people. So Jesus says to Peter, not only do I want to be around you, do I enjoy your company, but I actually have a job for you to do. I want you to partner with me. In something. I want, to be, I want you as a part of my mission. I know that you think I should leave you alone here, but I have a plan for your life. I know that you think your life can't make an eternal impact, but I have a destiny and a future for you. I know that you think you're only good enough to fish for fish, but I'm just letting you know that you're actually going to fish for souls. I've got I want you on my team. That's what he was saying to Peter, and it's what he's saying to us. And in that moment, they didn't understand it all, but they knew once again that this man had something that they, didn't, they wanted more of. And it drew them to the place of going, I dropped my nets, I dropped everything, I, my whole plan, everything that I was going on, I drop it and I'm going after you. 
Whatever you say now, Jesus, that's what I'm doing. That was their response. What a beautiful thing. All right, guys, so we want to apply this to our lives. So I'm going to talk briefly about a couple of practical ways that we can look into this, and then I encourage you at Life Group to dive even deeper into this. But here's just a couple of practical steps that you can take. First of all, um, you start each and every day. Let's start each and every day by doing those three things. Listening to Him, seeing Him, and responding to Him. Just listening to Him, seeing Him, and responding to Him. So here's a simple little tool that you can use. It's called Discovery Bible Study. And you can use this in your own time with Jesus. You can use this when you meet together in discipling relationships. If you ask these four simple questions, the questions are, uh, what does this say about God? You read a simple passage, just like we read today. Luke 5, 1 through 11, something like that. What does this say about God? What does this say about people? How can I obey this? And who can I share it with? What does it say about God? What's it say about people? How can I obey? And who can I share it with? These types of questions, they get us interacting with the Word of God in a way where we have action steps to come, to come out of this with. And we no, then we no longer become just hearers of the Word, but we start to do. We have some sort of action item that God's given us, and it's all orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. He's the one orchestrating it. He's the one speaking to us. It's awesome. So I really want to encourage you guys with that tool. Secondly, get into a life group. So God has designed us to learn with people. That's how we learn best. And learning in in the sense of actually doing. And so I want to encourage you guys to get in a life group if you need more info. There's a wall out there in the foyer. Finally, get into a discipling relationship. We all have something that we can give, and we all have something that we can receive. Each of us, every single one of us. And so I want to encourage you to to get into a discipling relationship. Meet with one, two, three, four other people. Do it through your life group. Do it through natural organic relationships. Whatever makes sense. Just meet with some people and sharpen one another. All right? You guys good? Okay. We're going to respond to the Lord. All right? So why don't you guys stand up with me? And ministry team and worship team, if you guys would come on up. So if you're new here with us, this is just a time that we like to take at the end of each service where we, where we want to respond to what the Lord is saying to us. We want to hear what He's saying and, and then respond to it. And it's also a time where we just can get some prayer from each other. We can be the church to one another. So no matter what it is that's going on, we can uh, you know, be there for one another. Right, so the key in following Jesus, if we boiled it all down, we take all the complexities out, which we often love to make things so complex, but if we boiled it all down to just the simplicity of following Him, it would be listening to Him and following Him, doing what He said. It's that simple walking with Him in a relationship. And so we want to take an opportunity right now to listen to Him and then act on it. So if you guys would, just close your eyes 
And I'm going to lead, lead you in a question. There's something to ask the Lord. And we trust that the Holy Spirit will be moving. So ask Him this one simple question. Father, what is my next step in following You? It's a simple question, but it can bring profound change. What's my next step, Father? If you need a little more specific, what's my next step in following You in my marriage, in my work? Just take a few moments to listen.